0: Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This sermon was taken from the life of the church. For more messages like this, please see our website, www.venturechurch.co.za. We hope you enjoy this message. So we've been preaching through the book of Acts, and I trust that you've been reading and reading reading at least... Portions of it as we've been going through and focusing on it focusing on it's an incredible book, eh? There are uh, amazing themes and trends and layers to it when we were preparing this Mike and I were chanting and Mike pointed out something to me that I had never seen before about how the author of Acts uses a phrase that he repeats at uh, seven stages throughout all six stages dividing the book into seven chunks throughout the book I'm not gonna tell you what it is See if you can find it and it's a it is a phrase that Transitions one season one section of the book into the next section of the book So today I want us to get back into one of these key themes it runs throughout the book of Acts then it becomes the pivotal theme of Of Paul's letters and eventually it fuels the fire of the Reformation it actually occurs in all the preachers in the book of Acts that's an amazing study by the way hopefully I get a chance and I can write up a blog post about that because there are a whole lot of preachers recorded in the book of Acts but they weren't live transcribed they were written down sometime later so there's an interesting thing to see how they preached In the book of Acts what were the themes that were remembered and that were presented there's also a story of how Paul preached such a short message that it was daylight when he started and when he finally finished it was sunrise that was one of his short no that was a long one and yet it's recorded in about four verses in fact the intermission is when he has to go downstairs lay his hands on a boy who's fallen out of the window because he fell asleep because he wasn't used to staying up all night fell down fell down from a second story window was dead paul said no this is not going to be part of uh, this, this is not the way i'm leading leaving this meeting went down laid his hands on him god restored him to life and what did paul do he just continued preaching. Until the next day so there's an interesting thing to go on there but this this theme that I want to pick up on now which occurs in all of these preachers is the theme of repentance and faith especially the Holy Spirit's role in bringing us to repentance and faith in God especially the Holy Spirit's role in bringing us, leading us to, granting us the gift of repentance and us putting our faith in God It's important because The way we enter the kingdom of God Is actually the same way we live in the kingdom of God What do I mean by that? Well, I mean a whole lot of stuff by it and some of it we're going to unpack as we go through this morning. But just a quick comment here. We come into the kingdom of God. We receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. These are all phrases we use to try and sum up this multi dimensional, incredible thing that God does in us through these two things of repentance and faith. When we come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The way we come to know Jesus at that moment is the same way that we continue to live in the kingdom. Repentance and faith. So let's turn to Acts 3. Um, I'm gonna start reading from verse 17 where Peter is speaking to the crowd. After the healing that he's, that the the gods worked through him at Solomon's Colonnade, and this is the the kind of end of his his preach i learned from some of the previous preachers and i'm putting up the putting up the scriptures that i'm going to read on the the powerpoint particularly this one because it won't read identical to any translation you might have and that's because it's called this weird thing fjv which is our little joke about when i get over over excited and I translate the passage for myself. For I know you acted in ignorance, verse 17 of Acts 3, just as your rulers did also. And in this way God fulfilled that which he announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, that is, his Christ should suffer. So then repent and turn away from your sins to have them blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, And that he might send the Christ appointed by him that is Jesus so this is the end of Peter's preach this you know he was just going to pray God gives him this incredible opportunity works a miracle through through their hands Peter seizes that moment shares the Word of God and in bringing all of that to conclusion this is this is what he says so that's what we've been looking at how does he know what to do for those of you who are budding preachers or aspire to be but uh, to be preachers this is the section of his preach his call to action his conclusion his response but how does he know what to do he can see that he's caught the crowd's interest they are attentive they're listening to him they are engaged and involved with what he's saying there's a similar similar preach where the crowd say to him so what should we do then <laughs> as a preacher that's a wonderful wonderful thing he's done such a good job of of moving with god and of presenting his word that people are saying okay great now what do we do with this and a preach should never be just to tickle our ears, to use another phrase, negative phrase in this context. It shouldn't just be to make our, our, um, our hearts warm and fuzzy, or stimulate our brains, to, or to add another amazing fact. It has to be to affect who we are. All of those other things, good as they may be, are the, the, the side effects, the consequences, the, the outflowing, the, over, the overflow, the key thing is God is transforming us to the image of Jesus, and he does that through the preaching. It's very easy to get caught up in, sure, it was a good preach. You know, I really learned a lot about Jesus. Wow, didn't the Spirit move amazingly, touch our hearts? Yes. But the reality is when you remember during that awkward conversation that you're having to have with your boss during the week what Jesus has done for you and in that moment you choose to put your faith in him your character is being transformed because of the preaching that God brings to us so Peter recognizes there's a response here. The people are connected, and so he brings everything that he's been saying into to this challenge, to this to the into this nutshell. And I want to show you how it works. I want to pick up, hopefully, five things, depending on how our time is going, that uh, that this scripture points out that is the conclusion that peter comes to in this sermon the first thing is he said you and your rulers were acting in ignorance god knew that and it's almost like he's saying you know what it was okay while you were in ignorance but now this is the implication but now i've told you what the truth is what the reality is you are no longer ignorant So he's saying to the Jews that he's just to be explicit about the original context, he's Peter is saying to those that he lives with in Jerusalem and talking about his leaders, the Jewish leaders, he's saying, All of you acted in ignorance. Luke 23 13 bears this out. Pilate called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people. They were all complicit in condemning Jesus because that's what he's going on to say and There is and by extension uh, He's saying Even if you weren't physically there because there were a lot of other people there on the day of Pentecost who had made the trip from all sorts of Places around the eastern Mediterranean many of them coming a long way so he's saying even if you weren't physically there you are guilty by association And initially you were acting by association out of ignorance ignorance of what though ignorance of the purpose and plan of God I'd like to I'd like to suggest to you as well that this guilt by association extends even to you and me there was a time several centuries ago when Jews were known prejudicially as those who crucified Jesus I want you to know that that is a lie you and me crucified Jesus because of our sin as much as any Pontius Pilate Jewish Sanhedrin why because and we're gonna get there but I'm jumping ahead why because Jesus chose to lay down his life he didn't have it taken from him He chose to die on behalf of all of us. And if that is true, it is as much yours and my sin here in 2022, Johannesburg, as it was Judas's sin in whatever, 33 AD. Just let that sink in a bit. We are all guilty of crucifying Jesus because of our sin. And by association we were we are all also before we come to know Jesus guilty of the same ignorance that the Jews had at that time. That is ignorance of God's plan and purpose being worked out in Jesus. It Wasn't the way they would have done it. It wasn't the way we would have done it, but it was the way God did it Peter goes on Acts 17 30 says therefore having overlooked the times of ignorance God now commands all people everywhere to repent Acts 17 is Paul preaching at the Areopagus in uh, Athens and he's saying There has been a time where God hadn't made his purpose and plan clear, but he has now. And any excuse you might have had previously that might have had some weight before God is now gone. And that is why I am compelled, Paul says to the Ephesians and Peter says to the Jews. And I'm saying to you this morning, I am compelled to share the purpose and plan of God. Because God no longer accepts ignorance as a valid as a legitimate excuse for not responding to him on his terms there's a lot in one sense that we can know about God but unless he reveals himself to us we cannot know him I'm just gonna uh, make a brief brief comment here. What can we know about God unless he reveals himself to us? Well, Romans answers that for us. I'm just going to read verse Romans 1 but he he works it out there Paul works it out there in that letter for his invisible attributes God's invisible attributes that is his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood through what he has made, that is the creation. As a result, people are without excuse. God has always taken the initiative. God has always taken the initiative. That is the truth behind the song that we were singing just now about God running after us. Whenever I sing that, I always think, you, I must be a seriously spoiled brat if God is having to run after me <laughs> Sadly sometimes that is true But that's the ignorance that God no longer overlooks Can no longer be a spoiled brat and get away with it. God is wanting to bring us through To maturity God always initiates you cannot know him unless he reveals himself to us If you take that Statement seriously, then your next question is well Then how do I get God to reveal himself to me and the wonderful thing is that this God who we could not know Unless he revealed himself to us is good and one of the key aspects of his goodness is That he reveals himself to everybody Whether we are looking for him or not What we call I found Jesus is actually us responding to him revealing revealing himself to us it is too easy to get caught up in ignorance as an excuse even remember I started by saying the way we enter the kingdom is the way we continue to live in the kingdom it is too easy to recognize that God did everything for us in Jesus and therefore We sit back on our laurels for the rest of our uh, rest of our faith life there needs to be a response by us to press in to his revelation to continue to seek him that's what he calls us coming to maturity it isn't different than us coming to respond to him in faith in uh, in how it works but it is essential for us to find peace and joy and love. But I'm jumping ahead of myself. Okay, there's a couple of other scriptures there, but I'm pushing on to point two. God did what He promised. Do you remember what that uh, what that scripture says? It says here, if I can scroll back that back that far. And in this way, God fulfilled that which He had announced beforehand. Or many of the many of the modern versions say that which he had promised or pre- it, e- it even announced it can that word can even mean predicted. it is to and God announced beforehand. and then he talks about through as one voice through the prophets. so it's actually hard to uh, To to pick out which specific thing and actually when he says that he's talking about the whole Old Testament the whole Old Testament declares the revelation of God and points the way forward towards Jesus and the cross some of it more explicitly than others for instance Isaiah 53 really is an incredible declaration of what God's Messiah God's called and chosen king how he will ultimately save God's people. We will only be happy if we partner with God on God's terms. It's a wonderful little verse here from 2 Corinthians 6 verse 1. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. That scripture, in a sense, could sum up everything that is at the heart of this theme we read in Peter's preach. But he starts by calling us God's partners. What an incredible picture of us. We are not just sons and daughters of the Most High, but we are drawn in to the family business and therefore we are partners with god in everything that he is seeking to do and is working out in all the world in all time but especially for us right here right now the reason the jewish leaders and you and i before god revealed himself were ignorant is because the plan of god didn't, and still doesn't, to those who've had their minds blinded, look like any kind of plan. It looks like an absolute and utter failure. As one one of my favorite authors likes to say, a dead Messiah is a failed Messiah. And yet it was through suffering, death, burial, and the resurrection that god exalted jesus to his right hand seating him on a throne as as revelation says king of kings and lord of lords jesus suffered as a willing sacrifice externally he was publicly humiliated and executed but because of his faith in walking out the plan of God that he should be a substitutionary sacrifice because of his faith expressed in obedience God received him as a willing sacrifice a sacrifice on behalf of sins a sacrifice on behalf of all sin of all people at all time those of you who have accounting tendencies you're never going to balance this one. One entry on the one side of the ledger balances out everything, not only that's currently on the books, but that is ever going to come on the books. Why? Because that was the miracle of the plan of God that he was satisfied with Jesus' self sacrifice on our behalf. One of my favorite themes and I don't want to go too much more down that rabbit hole except to say that God demonstrated the depth of his love in Allowing his son to pay the ultimate price There have been people who have looked at this story without the insight that the Holy Spirit can give and without seeing the big picture in other words in ignorance and have seen God the Father as a cruel and vindictive God. Just laying his anger and hatred of sin on his son. They've missed absolutely the realization and revelation that Jesus endured the cross for the joy said before him for what it was to achieve on the other on the other side Hebrews uh, 12 verse 2 so Peter finally gets thirdly to a response so previously you acted in ignorance and uh, but God has done what he promised so you are ignorant of what God was doing but God still did what he's promised he worked out his plan his way so what should you do repent I like to formulate um, repentance as our response to God's plan of salvation repentance deals with our past or in repentance Jesus deals with our past and in faith towards God he gives us a new future I've always I've always liked to think of repentance and faith in that way it's not absolutely true but it's a helpful way certainly for me Uh, it's a helpful picture because I, I love the picture of dealing with the past so I can no longer be preoccupied with it. Turning and suddenly having an incredible future to look, look forward to. I'm quite a visual person that way. And just so you don't think I'm watering down the gospel or inventing something, there's this incredible scripture in Romans 2 verse 4 that says, Do you despise the riches of God's kindness, restraint, and patience? Not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. If you're old enough or crazy enough to read the old King James, the word that is translated kindness there in the King James is goodness. Do you not know that it is the goodness of God that leads you to repentance? Kindness is a good translation. It's a a subtle nuance on the idea of goodness but it is the goodness of God, it is the kindness of God that prevents him from allowing our sins to destroy us now. Why does God allow evil to continue in the world? Well, it's this patience. Why, it's evil, how can he continue to allow evil? So that all men, all people, might come to know, to a saving knowledge of Jesus. That is his purpose, that is his plan, that's what he's working out, And not just to save us, so we can then go on living our own way, but to conform, change of mind, of thinking, noose mind. Meta in this case, change. God wants to change our thinking. You can't keep thinking the same old way the reality of the gospel changes the way we think. And because it changes the way we think, it changes the way we act. If you're battling with changing, can I, can I suggest that you examine a few things? First of all, if you're truly battling with changing, then the recognition of that is a sign that the Holy Spirit is at work in you, wanting to bring transformation. That's a good thing. Doesn't feel like it. That's why I started at the beginning by saying it's not always about feelings Doesn't feel like it But it is it is this it is evidence that God the Holy Spirit is at work in you Trust him in repentance and faith To be able to work out his purpose and plan in you No, that's not a 17-point plan to get over your habits but it is the key to understanding how God does it in us. Not all feeling sorry is repentance. Second Corinthians seven ten says this for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, but worldly grief produces death. So much of what we see as people saying sorry is I got caught. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> and I often think, I'm really sorry you caught me. I'm not sorry for what I did. I'm not sorry for what it cost you or anybody else, or even me. But I am sorry that I got caught. That is not Repentance that's the kind of worldly repentance. He talks about here that leads to death. Why because repentance has a fruit and that is change and Not just any change Change within the plan of God that you and I become more like Jesus It is the Spirit the Holy Spirit who grants us this grace of repentance So many of us battle with repentance Because we it we we kind of feel like it's admitting that we're not perfect (laughs) Just in case you missed that, (laughs) You know you're not perfect Your spouse knows you're not perfect Your kids know you're not perfect Just about everybody else who's ever known you they know you're not perfect It's only we who lie to ourselves about those things (laughs) Trying to imagine somehow that we're anything less than perfect. It's pride that keeps us from repenting. But when we allow the Holy Spirit to work this work of grace in us, repentance, notice how he said it in, in 2 Corinthians 7 10. It leads us to salvation, so godly repentance takes us somewhere. It doesn't let us wallow, and it takes us to a place that has no regret. We can live free. Free of the thing that bonded, bounded, wrapped us up, and kept us immobile and unable to change. It is the Holy Spirit who does that. Godly repentance brings freedom. If I can just mention to you, fathers, because we battle with this a hang of a lot, when we say to our kids, I'm going to do this, that, and the other, and it doesn't happen. If you want to be a witness for Jesus, repent before them. I'm sorry, I know I said X, Y, and Z. I fluffed up. <sighs> our kids uh, have like lie detectors, second to none. They cut through our rubbish with flipping laser precision. Speaking the truth, confessing and repenting when we've done wrong is one of the greatest signs, not on its own, but it's one of the greatest signs that we can give our kids of the reality that we have been touched by Jesus too. It's one of those realities I was talking about just now in terms of parents partnering with their kids, at Kid City. If, if, if they always see you never admitting that you're wrong, when the time comes for them to respond to Jesus, they will not admit that they need a Savior because they've never seen you repent. Bit of a heavy, just a deep truth that that we need to recognize. Fourthly, and I'm going to have to crash land this, So that, so why do we repent? So that seasons of refreshing might come. It's a beautiful phrase, this. And just by the way, the word seasons there in the Greek is the word kairos. God appointed moments. And notice it's plural. It's not just so that you'll get a a little um, portion of of refreshing. God's purpose and plan his resourcing all those who come to him in repentance and faith is that there are seasons of refreshing. If you desire right now, and if you don't, you're crazy, a season of refreshing to come to you from the Spirit, and that the overflow of that works out practically in your life, repent and believe. Because the way we enter the kingdom is the same way we live in the kingdom. Lord, please deal with the muck that I'm still battling with, the habits that I'm battling to break out of. Thank you for the freedom that comes from repentance, Lord. And give me the open eyes to see the preferred future that you have planned for eternity past for me to walk out. Surrender and embrace the more of God that's what the seasons of refreshing are for we tend to get caught up in the feeling of the refreshing rather than the truth of the refreshing let's just say a whole lot more about that but we don't have time this morning and lastly firstly he says so that God the father may send Jesus salvation is always wrapped up in with the end times what Jesus has done in you and me will last for eternity it's got an eternal guarantee stamp to us but what he has done in us is still being worked out in us and it's always looking towards that final completion that final completion is when Jesus comes back there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years during COVID. About the end times about Jesus second coming about what theological terms they call eschatology I'd like to share this one truth this one thought with you about this whole field if it doesn't talk about Jesus then it's not good biblical doctrine if it's oh Ezekiel speaks about the war in Ukraine no he doesn't He speaks about Jesus' return and the signs that will happen before then. Why? Because it's all about Jesus. Any end time talking that we talk about that gets hung up on other stuff at the exclusion of talking about Jesus misses God's purpose and plan in his revelation of the end times. But we are to pray that God sends Jesus. Why? Because having that hope Prevents us from getting caught up in the present where things are not perfect Where we are still having God's salvation worked in out out in us day by day where evil still goes unpunished and unchecked When we have that view of the end times It gives us hope now Yeah, you may be able to get away with wanting a bribe for you know, putting down water into your area for resurfacing this road, whatever the case may be. But remember, the time is coming when you will stand before Jesus and you will have to give an explanation for the thoughts and intents of your hearts. Life in the kingdom is lived the same way we entered the kingdom, in repentance and faith. And it is the Holy Spirit who is at work in us to grant us all of that by overcoming our ignorance and revealing the love and the purpose of our Heavenly Father by showing us God's faithfulness in working out his plan in Jesus so just because the people didn't under of the Old Testament didn't understand what God revealed through the prophets didn't mean that God wasn't able to work it out perfectly, the Holy Spirit is at work in us in granting us true repentance and pointing our faith towards God. I want you to know whatever it is that you're battling to find faith for, you do have enough faith. Could I challenge you with this? Maybe your faith, maybe the faith that you have, you've placed in something else we had a word earlier about uh, not making your own plan making your own plan is putting your faith in yourself above God so if you're grappling with that I trust that you recognize that you're no longer ignorant and that you're able to by the power of the Holy Spirit recognize that truth he brings refreshing again and again as we come to him And all of that leads us to say come Lord Jesus come not because I'm sick of being alive now but because I want to see your perfection brought here on earth so I want to challenge you with this if you've been holding back or confessing something that is not the will of God put it right now in your heart that's where it starts doesn't require a 17-page essay. It requires saying, Jesus, I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Because this is the only way to freedom. Real freedom. God-ordained, God-empowered, God-given freedom. Don't put it off to tomorrow. (laughs) There is a hardening that comes by sin's deceitfulness. That when we put off till two minutes' time what we can do now, We so easily, we don't just forget, it's like the seed that's stolen away from, that falls on the path. And do it because you want to live in his freedom, on his terms. The refreshing of the living presence of the Spirit is what he promises. And if you want that uh, refreshing, you can find it nowhere else. You can't find it on your own terms and you can't work, work up to it. But the good news is because we love a good God, that He wants to lavish Himself upon you. Can I ask you to stand? I'd like to pray for us. And uh, God is going to meet with you where you're at. So close your eyes. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this sermon we would love to know how this message spoke to you please connect with us through our website www.venturechurch.co.za all through our various social channels